We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Two pitch, ball line to Yount, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air, Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history! Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center! He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well. And it's gone. Robin. A two-run home run. The Brewers take the lead. Morgan, a smash up the middle. Base hit the center. You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. And me, Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcast. Adam, if if there's one thing that we can say as we sit here a mere uh, eight hours after we last spoke, it's that we know nothing and the future is unpredictable. Uh we anticipated speaking to you all again on Thursday after a series against the Pittsburgh Pirates. But here we are to talk about something that I don't think either of us saw coming. In fact, we dismissed it on this morning's podcast. Adam, Josh Hader has been traded to the San Diego Padres. Uh, how is this news finding you and how have you changed in the last eight hours? Uh, I was surprised. How have I changed in the last eight hours? That's uh, a good question. I not a whole lot. Do I feel a little bit differently about the Milwaukee Brewers? Yes and no. I mean, first of all, we've got some trade deadline time left. We're not there yet, so we'll see. I'm gonna hope there's another. Another shoot to fall here, another shoot to drop, and we can look at this in a in a different way. 
I was not expecting Josh Hader to be traded. That I wasn't expecting any moves. We both went on record with that. But this is a this is a splashy move, but it's not necessarily splashy in the right direction. Um, I can see the vision. I understand what the Brewers are selling this deal as. What my primary concern is right now is have the Brewers got any closer to, I don't know, um, winning the World Series this year, making a meaningful run at that, winning a playoff series. The answer is not yes. Right now, the answer is at best, they might be just where they are right now, which their recent run has been good, but this is certainly going to shake things up. And I don't know. I was I was caught off guard, Andrew. We'll put it that way. I, I find myself going full Brian Windhorse. Very strange trade. Very strange trade. I It's, it's actually not so strange when you break down the why the win is when I'm having issue with it. Uh, I should say the return that if you're listening, you know, to this, by you know, this by now, Taylor Rogers, who was San Diego's closer to begin the season had a really good uh, April and May. And then has had a tough time in June and July so far for Rogers this season. He was actually second in major league baseball in saves behind you guessed it, Josh Hader. Uh, one and five record, four three five ERA in 41 and a third innings, 28 saves, 48 strikeouts, a 1.113 whip. Uh, they also get Denelson Lamette, who was a top prospect, uh, probably circa three to five years ago, had a really good 2020 uh, season during the COVID year with a 209 ERA across 12 starts. He finished fourth in the Cy Young voting that year. Uh, the last two years have been up and down. Uh, mostly, I think, entirely pitched out of the bullpen uh, this year after starting nine games last year in uh, 22 overall appearances. This year in 13 games, 12 and a third innings, 949 ERA. So tough time this year, and injuries have been a big issue for him. It sounds like, uh, based on comments made by David Stearns, which we'll get into a little later, they plan to use him out of the bullpen. So these two pieces will be set to make contributions to the major league team this year. Uh, Also acquired Robert Gasser, who is a left-handed starting pitcher, who I think most recently for San Diego had been pitching in high A ball in Fort Wayne, a 4-1-8 ERA across 90 and a third innings uh, to this point this season. He's going directly to Biloxi um, to to double A. I think, uh, Consensus around the prospect circles is he's got middle of the rotation upside. Uh, went to New Mexico his first year of college, then transferred to Houston for his final two years. So a college left-hander and was taken in the 2021 draft, I believe, as a second-round pick by the San Diego Padres. And the final piece of this puzzle is Este Uri Ruiz, who is an outfielder. I think he can also play some infield has spent time with the San Diego Padres at the big league level in brief stints this year, um, having a really good year across double uh, A AA and triple A combined double A AA and triple A numbers this year um, across 77 games, 333 average 467 OBP 560 slug. Uh, he has played, I think 14 games, 27 plate appearances for the Padres uh, less successful there, 222. 
uh, batting average, 222 OBP, 333 slug. That's the package. Two guys that will slot right into the bullpen now. Uh, one pitcher who probably projects a year or two out from making an appearance in the big league, got to prove himself in double A first. And then Ruiz, who could spend time on the big league roster and provide uh, a spark in center field. I think he's thought of as a, a speed and defense guy um, who has obviously performed very well with the bat across two levels in the minors this year, uh, but will start in Nashville. So that's pretty much the roundup of the trade. I think the consensus among baseball media and, and writers and people of that nature are that they got really good value for one and a half years of hater. For me, it comes into the timing. I think if this deal gets done in December, maybe you tell me this deal doesn't get done in December because you take a pennant run uh, away from Josh Hader's contract. I don't like the optics of giving away your trader to a fellow con- or your your closer. <laughs> I don't like the idea of that. That was not that that that. You call Josh Hader a trader? No, that's not what? that's not Freudian because he had nothing to do with this. Josh Hader nothing to do. Yeah, that that was that was just me saying trader instead of closer. Trader, T-R-A-D-E-R. I don't like trading your closer to a fellow contender. There we go. It's been a long day of work after an early podcast. Not an early podcast, a late night because of a dog in my house. Delayed our podcast, but it's been a long day. A lot of emotions going around. I don't like trading your elite closer, who admittedly has had a tough July, to a fellow contender in the middle of a playoff run. I get it from a value perspective and an asset management perspective. I don't watch baseball for asset management. I watch baseball because I want to see the Milwaukee Brewers win a World Series in 2022. I think Josh Hader on this baseball team gives you the best chance of doing that, even if I think they did get good value and Stearns did a good job to recoup what he did. Yeah, ultimately, we're watching sports. We're cheering for a baseball team. Um, It's not a portfolio. Like... (laughs) It is. There's an element of sports fandom that increasingly has to take on. You've got to consider all of these players as assets. And look, I have done it for many, many years on the NBA side of things. And you're looking at how best you manage that. I do think the asset management in Hader's case is also interesting because it does factor into another looming conversation that is going to come back around at some point, which is... Corbin Burns' future, Brandon Woodruff's future eventually. You know, it, w- it was something that before Hayter had his struggles, there was already, I think, generally uh, concern for both Spurs fans about where is all of this going because we know how much will be spent and we know how much will not be spent um, under Mark Adonazio's ownership. So in that regard, like... The- Something like this was an inevitability. Um, but at the same time, I I don't know. It it does not it does not scream out to me that this is the move that in the moment, and we've reflected on this in our last few episodes, the Brewers are in a really good run right now. They're in the kind of run that in starting the second half, if you could keep that going, build up momentum. Maybe you can have loftier ambitions than we would have felt earlier in the year. And that makes the timing of it strange. Unless there is the kind of follow-up move where we'll be like, okay, if we're to assume a net neutral in the now on this deal, 
well, here is where the gain is and here is where you're making this team better going forward. They are not like the front runner for the World Series this year. They're a really good team with a chance of making noise in the playoffs. And I think that's been apparent from the start of the season, through ups and downs. We've always still felt, get healthy, see what happens. There is there is a chance for this team to do something that is noteworthy and noteworthy in the Brewers' history beyond a lot of the low bars that I think Brewers fans just have to kind of hold on to and treat as something when they're not really a whole lot. The statement even kind of rubbed me up the wrong way. It's it's not something that screams out to me as a baseball fan now, as a Milwaukee Brewers fan. Great, let me go. Let me pump money into this team that is fixed on getting as many bites of the apple as possible. I, I mean, this is a terminology that I saw in a couple of reports so it was interesting for that exact terminology to then come out in the statement from David Stearns. For anyone who hasn't seen it, I'll read the statement that the Brewers released. Um, this is from David Stearns, quote, the players we are receiving in this trade help ensure that the future of the Milwaukee Brewers remains bright while not compromising our desire and expectation to win today. This mix of present major league talent and high-level prospects furthers our aim to get as many bites of the apple as possible and ultimately to bring a World Series to Milwaukee. Trading good players and good teams is difficult, and that certainly is the case with Josh. We also recognize that to give our organization the best chance for sustained competitiveness to avoid the extended down periods that so many organizations experience, we must take decisions that are not easy. End quote. Those down periods, uh, not that bad if you get a World Series before one of them. And I don't know. It's something that I understand the Brewers' history and understand how painful a lot of that has been. Uh, but for Brewers fans, it just doesn't ring true a couple of years after the city saw that it's possible for a championship-winning team to come from Milwaukee to talk like that, to talk like that when you've got Corbin Burns. It's... <laughs> Sustained competitiveness is not what this is about. It's about trying to win a World Series every year. And the issue I take with the statement right now, and again, prove me wrong, David Stearns, prove me wrong, Mark Adonazio. Go out and make another move before the deadline. There are plenty of reports that they are not done. They're still active. If you go and you make clear upgrades elsewhere, no complaints. But... You, the best prospect they got back in this deal was the seventh ranked prospect on the Padres. You're not even eating into their top tier prospects, um, who are likely all currently reserved in their attempt to complete a deal for Juan Soto. That's a little disappointing. It's honestly a little disappointing because when you talk about making a move that you're balancing the now and you're balancing the future. Listen, things can happen. You know, players can develop at rates that aren't always necessarily apparent. They can become world beaters and game changers somewhat out of the blue. There are notable players of this Brewers roster um, that their success that also kind of speaks to. At the same time, this deal is not screaming out, oh, well, it's worth it because two years from now, you know, this 
prospect we just got is going to be the real deal who's going to push the Brewers to a World Series. So it is asset management, like very plain and simple. It is asset management. It is effective asset management. Unless those assets are put to good use, though, to advance the cause of trying to win a World Series, or at least get to a World Series, or you know what, win some playoff series, why do we care for the assets? You know, that's that's kind of the the place I'm at. I I had sent it to you earlier um, as I now scramble to find it, but there was a good line about the Brewers in uh, the Athletics power rankings today, which I believe the Brewers are currently ninth on. Um, And this was before any deals went down, and it was speaking of the Brewers' reluctance generally to give up prospects and to take bigger swings. And the line was, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. And every team wants an impact middle of the order bat without giving up prospects. Like, you can speak in grand platitudes about what the plan is, but at some point you've got to do something. You've got to do something that brings you closer to winning. And when I see a statement that's like, you know, the future remains bright while not compromising our desire and expectation to win today, what I love is let's let's really define what win today means is win today winning 90 plus games and everyone patting themselves on the back and being like it's a really good season it's one of the better seasons of franchise history because that can be true but it's also if you're doing that you're getting yourself into a range where you know what it might just be worth pushing that a little bit further might just be worth taking a bigger swing that could bring you a world series what are these people in it for what did mark abnazio buy a team for like, is it just for the status? Is it a badge? Or do you want to go and win a World Series? I've no doubt David Stearns would like to go win a World Series. The players on the roster would like to go win a World Series. So that's where I'm at. I don't I don't have issues with the trade. When you go down, you're like, okay, is there value here? But you're trading Josh Hader away to stand still in the now with a very good team, a team in first place, a team that has started to trend the right way, that is finally getting healthy. That's just a little disappointing to me. And I, I know from our Discord, Andrew, our great Discord, a very lively Brewers chat in there. Uh, if you listen to the pod and you're not a part of the GSPN Discord, go to gspn.info. There's a form you can fill out there. We'll get you in and you can chat with a whole bunch of our listeners who are very active in there about all things Brewers. Um. I, I know that for Brewers fans, part of this is just, this is an uncommon level of success for the Milwaukee Brewers. And hey, it's fun to be able to watch a team that is more likely to win on a given night than they are to lose. Ultimately, though, you've got you've to push beyond that. It's like, you can't be happy with that forever. Try and win the whole goddamn thing. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Uh, emotional day for a lot of fan bases. And I'm I'm breaking it down in, in three different ways. One way that you that you heard me describe in the my previous segment was uh you don't trade your closer to a fellow contender in the middle of your playoff push number two is they got good value and there are things to like and talk yourself into i still believe both those things and think both can be true three it's almost like evaluating the quality of a picture that's being painted uh 75 of the way through as you said, Stern said in his media availability that they're very active on uh, the phones. And if this ends up with a situation where they use some of the strengths in their farm system now to upgrade their offense immediately, I think that changes the perception of this deal in a big way. And, I mean, you look at their farm system now. What's one thing that they have a lot of? That's outfield prospects right now. Jackson Shoria not going anywhere. I would say Keith Law came sure. out with his his midseason uh, best sixty prospects update. Um, he had Shoria third, and that that's a big time rise. I don't think he had him in the top one hundred going into the season. Shoria, uh, future superstar, written all over him as we say every week. He's not going anywhere. If there's a meaningful bat on the market, especially with years of control, that can make an impact this year, you've got uh, Frelick. Weimer, Mitchell, Hedbert Perez, and now Ruiz added to your stable of um, highly touted prospects. And it gives you some flexibility there to move some of them in a win-now move. Um, also with Gasser, it makes a guy like Ethan Small or, or Antoine Kelly movable. I mean, it's just, if you use this newfound depth to improve the 2022 team uh, meaningfully, especially with an offensive pickup. If you can find some guy with years of control, great. Then I think this, this changes this trade and it, and it turns into something that, you know, on the, 
the the baseline level it's ruthless in a way that baseball trades seem to to be we were talking uh many times over uh the braves a's or the braves dodgers a's situation they ruthlessly trade for matt olsen uh, despite just winning a World Series with a franchise player like Freddie Freeman. This kind of thing happens in baseball, yet they have to make those ruthless decisions. I just want to see this as a push-their-chips-in move rather than a we're going to try and hold the line and also kick the can down the line, and you end up just, like you said, with your wheel stuck in the mud. Because I still think, as currently constructed, this team is good enough to get into the playoffs to make a deep mm-hmm. run. But if you really 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 take advantage of the situation you put yourself in by acquiring more trade assets and you go out and make a big swing maybe you get that world series maybe you get yourself into another nlcs it's it's there for the taking and it'll be interesting the conversation we're having in 24 hours or 25 hours whatever it is because because i'm i'm, I'm sitting on the fence right now is, is no, what that's I'm the right place to be like um when I, when i react like i'm reacting it's not about the trade. It's about what this could speak to organizationally. And that is informed by what we already know about Brewer's ownership and what we know about the constraints that are in place that David Stearns has done a remarkable job over the years in building such a good team with. But I I think another thing that has to come into consideration here, you're trading Josh Hader within the National League. So I would I would say you would say the Brewers would argue and say, no, it's like for like, I think you're strengthening the Padres who are one of two teams said to be essentially right at the front of the queue that if Juan Soto is going to be traded, he's going there or he's going to the Cardinals, which talk about a disaster. Now, if either of those things happen, the Brewers outlook this season gets worse regardless of them making additional moves or not. Um, it's it's something that I think at a trade deadline, if you're in the mix, if you're still in the race for something, you can't just be like, oh, we're good here. We're good here. Or we made a move that you know keeps us as competitive as we are. Like the Cardinals are three games back and they're going after the best available player in baseball. And they have what many people will say the best chance of landing him as anyone does right now, whether he actually gets traded. I don't know what your thoughts on that are. Mine would be that it seems less and less likely, obviously getting closer to the deadline. I don't know. Are you going to say something and then it's just going to happen? That's my worry. (laughs) (laughs) It's good for content. Let it rip. But that's also something that I think you've got to factor in. You are in a, I, I do think they'll make the playoffs, but it's like, Making the playoffs, what are we talking about? At this point, the Bruce would be making the playoffs with consistency. Work to win a series. And if making the playoffs is you're going to run into a buzzsaw somewhere else, and we already know that there are at least a couple of those existing in the National League, potential for another one to come to the fore. Like, you've got you've to be planning for that too. You can't just treat things as everything standing pat when there's no, your rivals are going to be eager to make moves because maybe their owner is, you know, more forward thinking in terms of winning and they're going to push some chips in and be like, this seems like a year where it's there, where it's gettable. 
that's the other factor of it. Uh, I, that's an interesting element, obviously, on both sides of this deal. Maybe some of what increases the willingness of the Brewers and Padres to do a deal like this is that you're not looking at either guy on either side of the deal of the actual kind of most notable players involved being under contract long-term, being even under kind of control long-term. And they can probably just say, hey, it's short-term. We do, we're not going to have to look at this guy be a major obstacle to us in the National League for the next few years. Uh, but I, I don't know. I need to see more is, is my answer. We'll get into the individual guys and what they did get on this deal. And we'll talk about that. But as in state of the brewers right now and where things are at, I'm glad to hear they're active, but go make something happen. Like go, go make something happen in this scenario. Because if you're changing, if you're trading Josh Hader, as you said, very real chance, you could be worse. And that is certainly not the way to get it done when teams around you are working very hard to get better. Uh, the the hot stove, I guess that, that's the offseason. We'll call it the midseason hot stove, is uh, is heating up. Trey Mancini to the Astros, Frankie Montas and Lou Trevino to the Yankees. Brett Phillips has been designated for assignment to make room for Jose Siri to go to uh, Tampa, who's a, a guy we mentioned uh, in the last podcast, which feels like a year ago. Um, so things are heating up. There's opportunity there for the Brewers. Like, uh, like we said, I feel like I'm in a state of suspended animation, just waiting for 24 and a half hours, uh, to pass to see where we land. Uh, obviously the, one of the guys that was acquired, uh, Taylor Rogers, who we've seen this year, started the season as San Diego's closer was the closer from the Minnesota twins last year. So he's gone from uh, a twin to a Padre to a brewer in short order. Uh, when you say started the season, I mean, he was their closer until like four days ago and the Padres were like, no, you're not closing games anymore. He blew two saves uh, in a series with the Tigers last week. Right. Am I right in saying that? Uh, yes, that sounds right. Um, eight and two thirds innings pitched. In April, no runs allowed. Uh, looked great to start the year. 13 and a third innings pitch in May, 2-7-0 ERA. And then a, a bad June, 9 and two-thirds innings pitch, 5-5-9 ERA. 9 and two-thirds innings pitch in July, 9-3-1 ERA. So recently lost the closer job. The question we have, does that mean Devin goes to the ninth and Rogers goes to the eighth or even the seventh and let, letting Boxberger take over the eighth? We don't know right now. Stern said in his media availability, I think over Zoom, that he would defer those conversations to Craig Council. And so we'll, we will see what happens either if we get some pregame comments tomorrow or maybe he'll let the suspense linger even more and we'll see live against the Pirates where they decide to go with that. Just but how Roger- much is, is Craig like Mike Budenholzer? The answer will be, does he come out ahead of the game and be like, yeah, okay, well, you know, Devin's going to get the night. Or will he just be Bud about it? And Bud would just never tell anyone anything and be like, yeah, you'll you'll find out when you find out. The thing about Rodgers is he does have the potential to be a very good relief pitcher in Major League Baseball. Uh, made his debut and in 2016, and he's been more often than not a very good relief pitcher. Uh, 2-6 ER, 2 
6-3 ERA in 2018 across 68 and a third innings, 2-6-1 ERA across 69 innings in 2019, uh, had a tough COVID year, and then last year was an all-star 3-3-5 ERA across 40 and a third innings. Uh, this year, we gave you the the numbers that were a struggle. His FIP is considerably lower, two full runs lower than his um, ERA at 2-3-5. Is there some what do we call it? Progression, regression to the mean coming in regression terms of to that. the mean. Has he had some bad luck? Can the Brewers pitching lab turn him around? Certainly possible. Uh, so Rogers should be into the bullpen as soon as tomorrow. And I mean, as soon as there's a close game, we'll probably get a, a quick look at him. The funny thing is the kind of the narrative arc for Rogers and Hayter is very similar this season. Yes. <laughs> um, remarkably similar that almost both teams just went yeah this isn't going in a way we like let's just swap guys um 29 saves on the season today for josh Hader, 28 for taylor rogers they are first and second in major league baseball and saves respectively and yeah you as you mapped out that kind of downward turn in june and then real downward turn in july that's also largely what we've seen with josh Hader. um Hayter had started to bounce back a little bit, although not entirely convincingly, as we have discussed. Um, so maybe he's kind of this trade's going for him at a slightly different point where he is starting to kind of find his feet steady again and can come out of it the other side. For Rogers, I maybe it's the perfect time, you know, maybe fresh break just after he loses his closing job. Um, or maybe it's a bad time because he got a pretty significant knock to his confidence in the past week. I don't know. We'll find out, and it's going to be interesting to see in what spot the Brewers are going to put him in for us to find out. I mean, the, the options really are, they're threefold there. Like, Box has, Box has some experience as a closer in his own career, and with some success, too, in the past. Maybe they do some some interesting, some provocative stuff. I don't know. Um, they've got decisions to make. On the one hand, that's something interesting. It's a variable. Um, are variables always good? Not really, because we've said it from the start of the season. I said it coming into the season. It was one of the things that kind of just grabbed my attention. That Boxberger... Devin Hater run that seemed like as good as you're going to get in terms of closing out baseball games and the numbers have borne that out um, so moving away from that is an interesting strategy yeah if you ask me do I think Josh Hader is going to be better than Taylor Rogers in the second half of the season I would probably bet on Hader but I I could also easily see Rogers bouncing back because we we have seen him when he's at his best he did blow a save I think against Milwaukee earlier this year but then there was another outing when he came in just uh and was absolutely nasty and shut them down so he's got he's got it in him to be a good pitcher i think he's a free agent after this year so another situation where it's kind of a a prove it second half for him to see what happens on the market uh denelson lamette's an interesting one a guy that showed flashes of being like a really, really good starting pitcher across one season. And then it's just kind of falling up, falling apart from, from that standpoint. 
him as a reclamation project, try to turn him into um, a middle innings reliever that can be relied on. Be interesting to see how that pans out. Uh, obviously, there's talent there, but I think uh, more so than with Rogers being an immediate contributor and Gasser and Ruiz being the upside plays, this is more of just a coin flip, I would say. Yeah, he's been bad this year, like simple as that. Uh, from what I've seen, the injuries have been a major concern. Uh, I know that um, Todd Rosiak of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, um, reporting from Stern's media, media availability, um, has said that the Brewers are confident he's healthy now. I sure hope so. If if they are seeing him as any kind of meaningful part of the trade, it's debatable whether that is the case. Look, there's always an element. We know what the Brewers can do with pitchers. We know all about the mythology at this point surrounding the pitching lab. And to be fair, the results that have backed that up. So from that perspective, like a trade where you get three new pitchers in to the Brewers organization and you can see what they do with them is always going to be intriguing. But Lamed is one that I don't, I don't know, even with the timing, like we mentioned earlier, Jake Cousins set to come back, Justin Topa. Like, I wonder how much of a role the Brewers are really seeing for him and what their level of buy-in is on him. We'll, again, we'll see, we'll find out. But uh, one that, when I took a bit of a, a dive into the numbers and closer look at thing right up on a few things that didn't exactly inspire me this this element of the trade yeah moving on to gasser uh robert gasser left-handed starting pitcher last year was i guess his first half season in pro ball he got drafted in the 2021 draft so this year is his first full season <coughs> excuse me of pro ball every episode we have to have one cough thank you covid uh age 23 season he's at high a fort wayne uh to start this year uh, 418 ERA, like we said, uh, on MLB.com's prospects page, uh, says after previously operating in the upper 80s, Gasser's fastball ticked up last season, now is in the low to mid 90s with some significant run on it, throws a power slider in the low 80s, and also throws an above average changeup, uh, which is something I guess he did not necessarily feature much as an amateur, which surprised uh, Padre scouts. That's why there's some optimism optimism on him being a back half of the rotation or middle rotation arm because he does have that three pitch mix uh, which is obviously vital in many cases to get over a lineup three times uh six so foot one something we we just talked about on our last episode eating small not having that and that being one of the m- main obstacles facing him right now yeah um seems to uh possess pretty decent command uh, 2.6 walks per nine uh, as a senior or as a junior at Houston, 2.8 walks per nine. Uh, last year, 1.2 walks per nine across two levels uh, in the minors last season in rookie ball and low A. Major League average, I think, uh, walks per nine is around, around 3-1 this year. Um, so a slightly below average uh, or above average in terms of not allowing base runners walks per nine there. So uh, a command guy, a a three pitch mix guy and someone that, you know, could, could factor into the Brewers rotation or someone else's rotation. If they value him as a trade trip, 
2023, 2024, somewhere along those lines. Second round pick, right? Just last year. Yep. Let's send that. It, this honestly does seem like the one that, well, I mean, Ruiz too, particularly because as you, you've already detailed, and we'll talk a little bit more in a second, there is a whole glut of outfielders now in the Brewers uh, farm, but it feels like that's kind of, if you're looking to do something right now, you're looking to make a bit of a splash. It's like, yeah, you should have a pitcher and you should have, an outfielder, like two pretty decent prospects that you may now be prepared to move on from because hopefully in the Brewers' eyes, they've upgraded. And I mean, to go to what Stearns had to say on on Gasser, uh, again, from Todd Rosiak from the Journal Sentinel at Stearns' media availability, he quotes Stearns as calling Gasser, I quote, quietly one of the best pitching prospects in baseball right now, end quote, which you do expect... uh, you do expect nice things to be said about incoming players when you're the executive that just acquired them, but that is a little on the strong side. So, you know, got my attention there. Um, Stearns has clearly demonstrated a good eye for this. It would be nice to think that maybe he's spotting something there that doesn't necessarily show up when you look at, well, Gasser's spot, I guess, in prospect rankings and even within the Padres' own system. Um, but I don't know. I don't. I don't have a clear enough read yet on Stearns personally to be like, is that just? Would he readily be that kind of exuberant about any prospect he gets in a deal, or does that really mean something when he's going out of his way to say one of the best pitching prospects in baseball? Definitely will be someone that we keep an eye on as we dip into end-of-season prospect check-ins. Gasser will be high on our list to maybe catch a start on MILB.TV. The last member of the trade package here, Este Uri Ruiz, an outfielder, um, has spent some time, like we said, at the big league level this year, but not in a large sample size, has primarily been at El Paso in AAA and San Antonio in AA. Uh, according to MLB prospects.com uh, Ruiz has always shown promising bat speed and decent raw power from the right side. However, Padres officials have been concerned about his swing decisions on pitches outside of the zone, leading to either strikeouts or weak contact. The Dominican Republic native has worked with the San Antonio staff in 2022 to cut down on chase rate, causing his walk rate to nearly double while he's done a better job of lifting the ball on contact. Ruiz has speed to provide value, and he puts it to good use on the base pass. His 158 steals from 2016 to 2021 ranked sixth most most in the minors over that span. Those wheels have helped him move from second to the outfield, and he's been focused entirely on center to begin 2022. So power, speed, high upside, center field, uh, middle of the diamond player. Probably the guy I'm most intrigued and excited by seems to be polarizing as to whether or not uh, the power will play at the major league level. Uh, but it's definitely worth keeping an eye on and someone that we might be able to see at the big league level before the year's over, especially in September as uh, rosters expand. 934 OPS um, triple A this year, 142 plate appearances. That is certainly not nothing um even better at a double a 
was he one thousand eighty five? Um, so look, gets on base, um, stolen bases between double and triple A in twenty twenty two. 60 stolen bases, so that's clearly part and parcel, a real speedster. But it sounds like just a very different kind of player to add to the mix for the Brewers. And I say for the Brewers as in for the major league team because he should be right there. Like, he should be right there one minor injury away from coming up and getting played appearances in the majors. I mean, that seems to be what happened for him with the Padres this year. Um, And you would imagine that should be the case with the Brewers because the Brewers situation in the outfield, as we know, um, as we hope may change in the next 20, 24 hours, but may not, um, is not exactly stacked. So we'll see. Uh, we, we'll see is something I've now said like four times. But it is it's, very much the current state uh, of play. Yeah, it's the nature of doing a trade deadline podcast exactly 24 hours before the trade deadline because so much can change. Um, yeah, here we are. I think this is anecdotally on Brewers Twitter. This has been a very polarizing move. I've had I've seen people breaking it down and really liking it. And I've seen people losing their minds. And that all makes sense, given the nature of a trade like this. What did uh, Sarah Langs, who does great work for ESPN, said that this was uh, uh, the last time a first-place team traded a player who had been an all-star for them. Uh, the, that particular particular year was 2014, when the first-place A's traded Jonas Cespedes to the Red Sox for John Lester. I think the uh, A's ended up making the wild card game and losing a wild card game that John Lester started. Uh, let's hope things turn out a little better than that did. Uh, that team did still make the playoffs, but I think uh, our real feelings on this trade will be known in about 24 hours when we see if they use this influx of prospect capital to use what they have to go out and acquire an impact bat. And I think that's what they need to do. I think that's what the fans would make fans extremely happy and optimistic about the second half of the season. But uh, will we get there? Will they balk at the prices? That's that's the unknowable. It sure is. I mean, I to revisit the kind of conversation we were having um, this morning when we recorded our first podcast of the day, and we agreed that ultimately we didn't think they were going to make moves. I hope now that people will be hearing from us again before we do our post-Pirates wrap-up, because if not, this is it. This is all that I've done, and I, I would like to see... It, it's like it's about intent as much as anything else. It's like seeing all your intent that you're you're prepared to do things to try and win. Like when you get close enough that you're prepared to do things to... When I say win, I mean go and try to win it all. Like... We talk so much about, particularly in baseball, get hot at the right time. Be the team that a couple of breaks go your way and it could just fall into place. And you could look up and all of a sudden you're celebrating a World Series. And I think that can both be true, but you've also got to to position yourself as a team that is well-equipped to capitalize in that situation. 
And there are multiple teams who may not be the Dodgers or the Yankees who are going to feel like that. And a lot of them are making more aggressive moves right now. So ultimately for a team like the Brewers to get to a World Series, you're then hinging on, oh, the absolute top teams, they're not going to deliver. And the teams who've been more aggressive below them, they're not going to deliver. And it's just going to come all the way, trickle right down to the Brewers, and it'll work out. It's possible, but I think we got to be reasonable at the odds here. You know, so much asset management, so much talk of portfolio. It's what are what are the Brewers doing to increase their chances of winning a World Series right now? Yeah, AJ Preller for the uh, the Padres. I don't know how much you know about him, but he's very aggressive in in the trade market. So I imagine he has got his coffee IV ready to go, and he's just going to be up for the next twenty four hours calling um, Mike Rizzo at the Nationals about Soto once an hour on the hour. So that's uh, that's what Preller's up to. Uh, we'll see what what Stearns and company do. Uh, it's uh, it's it's silly season, and and right now my brain is still in a pretzel. A few hours since the trade was breaking. I just get a DM from you that says, holy shit, I had not yet seen the news. And then wasn't what I was expecting to see. And I didn't know if it was a good holy shit or a bad holy shit. And now it, it leaves us with the shrugging emoji of holy shits. It was a shocked holy shit, which I think still, you know, applies. Truly shocking, truly surprising news. I had, as I said earlier, I'd seen lots of tweets in recent days about, and I said this when you asked about earlier on our first part of the day, you're like, what do you think of the hater rumors? I was like, well, everyone on Twitter says it just happens every year. And I guess, yeah, why wouldn't people be making calls? Um, and Stearns, in, in his quotes, he made the point that they have never made calls actively, like looking for a deal for Josh Hader. Uh, he said it was just, this was essentially an offer they couldn't refuse, which... Mm, uh, I'm not sure on that, but listen, with full judgment um, is being withheld until we see if there's if there's another trick up David Stern's sleeve. If the Brewers are going to have something just a little bit extra to play with by the time uh, they take to the field again tomorrow. Uh, before we go, we've got uh, Josh Hader quotes since uh, I saw kind of broken. Uh, Todd Rosiak on Twitter, Josh Hader on the phone with uh, Milwaukee Media. It sucks to leave Milwaukee, but I'll always look at it as something I can't control, and having a new chapter in my journey is something I'll look forward to. Uh, I've grown a lot, Hader said of his time with the Brewers. The journey has molded me into the player I am today. Asked him about the uh, the, the Brewers' uh, closer situation without him. Says, we've all seen what Devin has done. We've seen Rodgers as well. Really good quality arms right there. I think that back end of the bullpen is still going to stay stay solid. So Josh Hader's bullish. Is that the right word? Is it bearish or bullish? I don't know. Bull, stocks. Bullish. So let's, okay. let's not get into asset management talk. Um, I, you know what? I would like to see him just, you know, go to bat for his, his former teammate there and be like, I think it's Devin's time. Very diplomatic. I don't know what the reason to be diplomatic in the situation is other than athletes are you know, coached into not giving real or meaningful answers. Um, but I would have liked to see him just be like, you know what? I think it's Devin's time. Cause 
it probably is Devin's time. Whether the Brewers go that way or not, given how he's performed for the last while, trading Josh Hader, it should probably be Devin Williams' time in the ninth. We'll find out. All right, that does it for us for now. Um, I can firmly say you will not hear from us again today, but will you hear from us tomorrow? How many times could you hear from us tomorrow? All of that remains up in the air. So make sure you subscribe to Cruising for Bruising wherever you get your podcast. That way uh, you won't miss out whenever the next episode drops. Of course, there's always the possibility that the Brewers are done. You'll next hear from us when we wrap up the the pirate series and then give our final verdicts on the Brewers trade deadline. Um, but I I now hope and my gut tells me that there's probably something, whether it's something as meaningful as we like or not, probably still to come. Um, after a move as big as this. You should also, as I mentioned earlier, go join the GSPN Discord. That way you can talk brewers with us and lots more of our listeners. You can talk books and packers. We've got channels for all those kinds of pro sports teams in there. Um, so go to gspn.info and one of the many things available to you there is the application form for the Discord. Fill that out and we will get you added to the group. That is also where you will get access to Brewers playback. So when we do watch alongs of Brewers games, which you know won't won't jump the gun by announcing anything, but very, very soon would seem like a, a possibility right now. That's the place still, the only place at the moment where you can get access. So go join the Discord. If you're enjoying listening to Cruising for Bruising, if you appreciate what Andrew and I do, please give us five-star ratings and reviews wherever you listen to your podcast. Helps us to get the word out. Helps other people to get listening. We're at Brewers GSPN on Twitter. I'm at AdamGee11. Andrew's at AC Snide. Until the next time. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Adam. <laughs>